This is the Worldly Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Holly. And I'm Luke. We invite guests on this podcast to explore themes of worldly wellbeing. And by listening today, you're joining the conversation. On the podcast today, we have an episode again that we recorded earlier this year with Yumiko from Guchogi Pan. I am delighted that Yumiko agreed to record an episode with us because her baking was definitely one of the standout joys of the last 18 months or so. So in this episode, we're going to hear a little bit more about Yumiko, uh, about her work and, and what has inspired and motivated her. And we've also tried a different method of recording this time where there's just a few little sound bites of Holly and I chipping in uh, as we've reflected a few months later from the recording. And I might suggest if you like a visual alongside your audio and um, that you take this moment to pauseify, search on Instagram via the show notes to find some visuals of the buns um, and then continue listening. So here we go. Uh, if you are fortunate enough to have pre-prepared and uh, brought a baked good with you and perhaps some kind of beverage, then make sure that it's close to hand and enjoy this episode of the Worldly Wellbeing Podcast with Yumiko-san. Welcome to the Worldly Wellbeing Podcast. Thank you. Good morning. Morning. So, Yumiko-san, would you mind telling us uh, who you are and what you do? Yeah. Okay, so um, I'm Yumiko I'm from Guchokipan, a Japanese micro-bakery. Um, so um, I have a Japanese bakery um, in West London, and um, I make um, traditional Japanese-style buns. Uh, with uh, my own sourdough starter. So it's everything that I make is made with my sourdough. And that's my business. Brilliant. Yumiko, it's so nice to uh, see your face because I hear a lot from Luke. Um, <laughs> I hear Guchoki Pan, I would say, mm -hmm. at least once a week. Oh. Um, so I feel <laughs> like I know you because of the excitement and the yeah. joy that you bring to Luke through your baking. That's very good to hear. <laughs> uh, particularly when um, we were out of uh, lockdown last year and we could actually walk places and do mm -hmm. things, but um, walking to the markets or that mm -hmm. kind of thing and, and kind of yeah. picking up some fresh pan was, was mm -hmm. brilliant. Um, but for those who might be... Uh, asking uh, a question of well, what are these buns? What are these yeah. traditional Japanese baked goods? Yeah. Um, would you mind telling us a little bit about them? Yeah, so um, the Japanese buns are like generally it's kind of like quite light, um, similar to um, brioche buns, and um, quite often have some sort of fillings like we like we like custard, so some like usual vanilla custard or like some flavored custard and stuff also we have some traditional fillings like um we call it anko which is uh um like a, a sweetened azuki red bean paste so that's probably you will see quite often in japanese bakery as well have some savory stuff like curry pan which is it's like um basically like a curry donut so it's got like japanese curry paste in the middle of like donut kind of thing um yeah it's it's um it's compared to like european breads it's it's um small buns you can probably have a couple of them easily 
that's the traditional stuff. And um, the slight non-traditional way that I do is using the sourdough. So it's probably I've never met any sourdough Japanese baker in London. Um, so, yeah, that's the slightly unusual part of my business. Yeah. And it's like I, I put a post up the other day on my story of the chocolate marron pattern. Yes. <laughs> um, and um, I had uh, someone in uh, Tokyo reply and say, oh, wow, I've never seen one that looks like that. And then I said, oh, it's sourdough as well. I, like, they said they hadn't had a chocolate one before. Uh-huh. And then they said um, uh, that they hadn't had one that was sourdough before. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely, um, I, I think, unique and obviously hits that kind of particularly London market, but also mm. a, a growing desire to have freshly baked and local yeah. goods that, you know, yeah. you know who made them, you know, mm-hmm. what's gone into them, um, yeah. and you're supporting a local business at the same time. Yeah. So if they are sourdough, does this mm-hmm. make them super healthy? And does it mean <laughs> they should be part of my daily <laughs> healthy food routine? So on the Worldly Wellbeing podcast, we have especially recently spoken a lot about trying to find some semblance of balance and trying to understand a little bit more about all the different elements that make up our very busy and hectic lives and try to bring that balance to those different elements. And I think this question, Holly, that you asked in this episode is actually really good to kind of highlight that and and explore it and unpack it a little bit more. Yeah, I really like how Yumiko responded um, to my, you know, slightly silly question. But she seemed to have a really balanced approach to, you know, healthy, naughty, good anyway. Um, So let's have a listen. I mean, it depends how you define healthy. (laughs) Good um, answer. It's still, it still have like flour, um, sugar, eggs and batters and things like that but um I'm very conscious about what I eat myself as well and the reason that I started doing sourdough is because I was I I always liked like experimenting with stuff but um when I had my um daughter I was more like conscious about what she's going to eat and all that sort of stuff so I started doing sourdough um bake myself and it's actually the sourdough that I use is the one that I made when she was born. So it's it's like the same age as my daughter. So it's it's in it, there's elements of health consciousness in there, but I, I wouldn't go and say, oh <laughs> eat this because it's healthy, because I don't know, that's what the customers decide, I think. It's healthy for me in terms of it brings me joy. And if we're yeah. talking about like nourishing your soul, my yeah, soul exactly. is definitely nourished when I eat one <laughs> yeah. of the guchogi pan uh, pans. Yeah. Um, and I, that was a question I was going to ask actually is about mm-hmm. your sourdough starter. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you mentioned it because yeah. everyone or, you know, at least one person everyone knows during lockdown yeah. tried to make their own sourdough starter <laughs> and probably failed. But yeah. Yours has lasted for how many years? It's it's um, eight years and a bit, I think. Yeah. Wow, that's an yeah. impressive sourdough starter. It, yeah. <laughs> so, can you just briefly tell us what does that mean that it's uh, eight years old? How has it survived? Yeah. So I think everyone. I mean, 
the, the, any sourdough bakery or anyone who does sourdough stuff know, um, have their own way of keeping or starting it and then keeping it. But um, the way I started was put um, sort of natural sugar, so fruits and water in a jar and keep it in a in a jar for about a week and then it starts to bubble. So that's got the sort of nice creature i don't know like it's it's yeah. got the stuff <laughs> in it <laughs> um yeah it's it's like the little things that we can't see <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so and then i use that liquid with uh, mix that with the flour and then start making the actual like a uh, sort of pasty salad or starter and um i then feed them with water and flour every so often and that's how I keep it alive it's quite simple what I love about this idea of a sourdough is Mm -hmm. that it's so personal it's like all of your baked goods come from Mm -hmm. this original source yes it's quite symbolic it's at the birth of your daughter but Mm -hmm. the idea that each bun maybe you made it that morning or the day before Mm -hmm. but its origins Mm -hmm. come from something that's been nourished and looked after for so long Yeah. yeah As a small business, I, I mean, like any business or any individuals can't help comparing yourself to someone else or someone who's maybe doing, looks like doing better than you and stuff. And then I always come back to myself and say, well, one thing that anyone else can't do is doing this sourdough and making what I make. So then you, I kind of feel slightly relieved that like, oh, no one can copy this at least mm. it's so beautiful yeah, yeah i love that and i'm holding one of them right now so i'm holding the <laughs> oh, no. mochi pan, yeah. uh, which has been an absolute yeah. favorite this oh, spring so it's been perfect <laughs> um do you would you tell us a little bit about the sakura mochi pan and then also mm-hmm. how did you go from something that you were passionate about or something you enjoyed doing and then turning it into a business yeah. So, um, first of all, the sakura mochi pan. Sakura is the cherry blossom in Japan, and um, in well, it's 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 kind of past the cherry blossom time in Japan now. But uh, from sort of mid March to um, like beginning of April, we have lots of like sakura flavored um, um, stuff. Like it's not only. Um, confectionery but savoury stuff as well so we use this sakura um, petal and make it into sort of like a, like a syrupy kind of thing and then the sakura mochipan has a what we call sakura an which is with the um, like a, a butter bean made into paste and then we mix that sakura syrup into it so we have like a the pasty stuff and then mochi is the like a sticky rice uh cake kind of thing so it's oh i love mochi or ichi desu yeah Yeah. so that's inside my uh sourdough band it's one of the most popular ones that i have i think honestly i'm absolutely gutted that i'm in the wrong city right now (laughs) because i've got luke holding up this bun (laughs) Like he looks so happy with himself. <laughs> he knows he's going to enjoy that later, and I'm yeah. just going to sip away at my glass of water and pretend <laughs> that I'm not jealous. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm sure at this point everyone is feeling as jealous as I was in the recording a few months ago, just hearing descriptions of buns. You'll be really glad to know, therefore, that uh, Yumiko is still baking away in West London and you can still get hold of uh, both her classic staples that are available week in, week out, but also the seasonal buns that she was describing that change throughout the year. So unfortunately, you probably won't be able to get Sakura Mochipan until next spring. But in the meantime, the Halloween buns have just happened And I have heard a rumour that the Christmas buns are on their way as well. And last year, there were some very cute Father Christmases. Um, I don't know what's going to happen this year, but I am excited. So I suggest that we all head to the Instagram page, which will be in the show notes. Um, And if you're local, even head to the bakery yourselves. I personally am very excited to get my hands on a festive Japanese bun. So then the kind of the journey from something that you were passionate about or something you enjoyed Mm -hmm. personally into creating a a small business, how how was that for you? How did that happen? Yeah, so I was always into baking or it was one of the things that I do to calm myself or it was like a therapeutic activity Mm -hmm. for me. And um, so when I moved to the UK, I felt like um, I really wanted to pursue the baking as a career, but I wasn't old, but I wasn't a teenager. <laughs> so I didn't want to, I didn't feel like I was going to uh, like a college, like baking college and starting the study path again. But I, um, so I decided to actually go into a bakery to train myself up um, in a like commercial kitchen. So that's what I did. And I, I really liked working in a bakery, but I also had my own passion about sourdough or doing, like creating my own stuff and people enjoying my own thing. So I did a lot of, like, a lot of blogging and things like that. And um, then I had my daughter and everything. And uh, we weren't living in London back then, but we moved back to London. So it was, it felt like, it was now like London is more accepting different things and small businesses and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, um, I was working in a bakery, but I started doing my own stuff and I used Instagram a lot <laughs> to put my stuff on and see what people think. And I also went to a local market. It, it kind of got like too busy that I couldn't work for a bakery anymore. And so like before I knew, I had to shift my um, focus to my own things. So then you start to think, okay, this is no, there's no going back now. Like I'm going to put my whole energy to this. And yeah, so I, I don't know if I, I can say which point it's, it's started. It was just gradual and I realized that it's now happening and growing uh, it sounds like a really organic process and it kind of makes me think of your sourdough starter and actually, you know, it's not forced, it's not coerced. It's like the sourdough starter needs to do what it needs to do in its own time. And similarly, your journey from, you know, moving to the UK and then getting a job here and, and kind of pursuing your passion, it's been very organic and it's yeah. kind of evolved quite naturally. Yeah. And now we get to enjoy a really unique form of Japanese baking 
in in a I think in a context in which people really want to know more about Japanese culture and Japanese cuisine, but also then with a bit of a kind of maybe more of a Western spin on it. Yeah. Um, um, I think that you know I personally am very grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to chip in again at this point because I think it's really insightful and really valuable what Yumiko just shared and the openness and willingness to talk about what we would use the word to describe as failure um, but actually that sounds really harsh and overbearing but instead it's actually about just acknowledging where things haven't gone right and then learning and growing from them and trying again and I think societally and culturally are often quite opposed to failure or often particularly in Britain failure is deemed as something very you know negative quite finite sometimes as well isn't it yeah you yeah absolutely you you know you fail and that's it um but actually that there's a there's something profound about sharing the times that it hasn't quite gone the way you thought it would and then what happened next and so we're really grateful to Yumiko for sharing that it's always nice when you realise that things aren't all rosy buns and beautiful photos on Instagram. Um, but Yumiko specifically wanted to share that aspect, which, as you said, we're really grateful for. And it's um, it's encouraging. Um, so it seemed like your journey to opening Guchoki Pan was smooth. Mm-hmm. Am I correct in saying that? Or have there been some hurdles before you... Um, in the position you're at now? Um, I think with Guchoki Pan, I have been very, well, I'll say lucky that I was in the right place, right time. But Guchoki Pan wasn't my first idea or attempt to do my own stuff. So I, like I mentioned earlier, like I was doing lots of blogging and things, but um, not a specific um, idea, but I had like having my own bakery in my mind or doing my own stuff. But I, I didn't know where to start or I wasn't, um, back then I wasn't living in London. So it was pretty difficult to get, like no one's, it looked, no one was interested in Japanese bakes or non-traditional stuff. There has been quite few failures as well. And when you say failures, do you mean attempts that didn't succeed? Mm, Yeah. I mean, um, back then Instagram wasn't that big so you can't yeah you can put stuff on Instagram but people wouldn't come to you and say oh how can I buy your stuff or it was more like a personal um, mini blogging type platform not now like lots of business use as a business tool but it wasn't like that so I was making stuff but I didn't know how to put that that stuff out there as a product yeah I tried to sell things to people but it didn't even get to the customer, you know. It's quite encouraging to hear that, though, Yumiko. So thank you for being honest and yeah. open about that. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so easy, particularly now when we look at Instagram, mm-hmm. to see these people who are seemingly yeah. really successful. And they mm-hmm. are successful right now. And mm-hmm. you have a successful bakery, which is great. But sometimes when we only see the end product, yeah. we forget or we don't realise the journey and the failures and disappointments and (laughs) the hard work and the ups and the downs that have got you to that place now yeah I mean I appreciate every support that I get um from customers and I can't remember having a nasty 
people come to me and said say things to me like uh, all the people who came to to the market store or bought stuff online it's been very nice and sometimes send a message to me personally to say how they enjoyed the pans and stuff like that but it doesn't happen like this I guess importantly Yumiko how can we try your buns are they available online as well or do we need to come to your shop how can we find you please tell us (laughs) so um I have an online shop so um anyone who's in the UK can order I do a postal delivery as well so um anyone who's in London I'm based in West London so I do a weekly delivery in West London and uh once a month North London and East London so that's that's the easiest way to get my stuff so we will, in the little uh, bio uh, about this episode, we will pop in there your website, your Instagram, right. so that <laughs> people can find you easily. Yeah. yeah, and get people can get ordering and, you know, postal <laughs> distribution, yeah. Yeah. crack on. Yeah. Yumiko-san, arigato gozaimasu. Thank you arigato so much for your time today. Thank it's you. been really great to talk to you. Um, you. And I'm really looking forward to my morning coffee and my Sakura mochi pan. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Lovely to meet you, Yumiko. And thank thank you. you so much for coming on. Thank you. Cheers. Luke, I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed listening back to that conversation. I'm now really hungry. So am I. So yes. (laughs) I did. I I love listening back to that conversation. And I think that there are not only pearls of wisdom there in terms of inviting people to try something new and uh, sample something that perhaps they haven't sampled before but also that learning journey and that experience of growth I think is something that we can all take away with us. And it's um, kind of interesting it's like a little bit of time travel really going back to as you'd mentioned before that you know they gave you so much joy during lockdown and there was there was a time when we didn't really have much going on and the, the simple pleasure that came from those buns. You know what, I hope we're all keeping the, the joy in the small things, um, even though we're now out of lockdown, touch wood, that is all a thing of the past. Um, but just to keep the kind of excitement. Oh, I really, really like that. I think that's really profound. It's a, it's a really interesting thought to, to view this podcast through that lens. I think there's something really um, grounding and acknowledging the small things and the things that give us joy and being really grateful for them. So I think that is a beautiful challenge to offer the listeners of the World of Wellbeing podcast. Yeah, take that moment to just reflect back to the things that brought you joy then and you know, hopefully they're, they're continuing to bring us. I, if I say joy one more time, I'm going to go mental. We joy. need a synonym. Bring us gladness in our hearts. <laughs> great tidings of delight so thank you again to Yumiko-san for contributing to the World You Are Being podcast and I'm sure I shall be seeing you soon when I place another pan order from the delightful Guchoki Pan Bakery as we mentioned you can find out how to order from Yumiko-san via the show notes Uh, and in the show notes you'll also find out how to get in touch with us As we keep saying, this is, or rather, we really would like this to be a conversation. So in our notes, you can find out how to find us on Instagram, uh, at Wildly Wellbeing, but also our website, wildlywellbeing.org. 
And we'd really love for you to share that amongst those that you know, amongst friends and enemies alike, uh, and get the conversation out there. Please do not forget, <laughs> I came up with, please do not forget to hit subscribe as well. Um, I don't know if we've mentioned subscribe enough so far this season, but it's really important for other people to be able to find the podcast. So subscribe, send us a little DM if you'd like on Instagram, we'd love that. And if you try a bun, let us know. So for now, it's adieu. And we will see you next week for another instalment of the Wildly Wellbeing podcast. Okay, goodbye for now. Ciao, ciao. Au revoir.